This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson-Burns, writer and the founder of Heroin Training, and here with me today to introduce our interview is my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, who are we talking to today? Zandra, today we are interviewing, or I guess I interviewed, my friend Angelica Washington, who is an actress. Listeners might recognize her from the Netflix movie Tall Girl. She was just in Lena Waithe's new um, series Girls Room, which just won Tribeca Film Festival. And upcoming, as in the week that this episode premieres, Angelica is one of these series regulars, one of the main cast members of CW's Stargirl. Um, Stargirl is a is a DC comic coming to the CW, and it's like gonna be a big deal if uh, if you don't mind me saying. So I'm really excited for Angelica's like career blow up. Um, her moment that she is having right now. And I found out when doing this interview that the day this episode premieres is also her birthday. So um, perfect timing for so many reasons. Angelica is someone that you, Zandra, actually uh, recognized. I think um, we had a little... Yeah. We had a little, like, screening party at her place when Tall Girl came out. And... And you saw me posting about it, and you were like, I just watched that. I loved her character. Oh, my God. So I did. It's so amazing that now here we are, like, something like six or eight months later, and we're getting to have Angelica on the show talking all about her art life. I can't wait. <laughs> I was so excited that you knew her because her just her energy and her presence in that role in Tall Girl really um, – just made me happy and she she seemed really cool so i am so excited to get to know her a little better through this conversation and happy birthday happy birthday angelica (laughs) all right i'm so excited for everyone to listen to her wise words so let's just get right into the interview Welcome back to The Art Life. I am so excited to be here today with Angelica Washington, who is an actress and a friend who I met through my roommate, Katra Parkman. Angelica, it has been so wonderful to see your career just blow up in the past couple years, which I think, did it really start with Tall Girl on Netflix? Um, okay, well, first of all, that's really sweet to say. Um, of course. It's nice I to see someone who deserves it just, like, thriving. <laughs> it's so nice. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely say a Tall Girl was kind of the, mm, the start of, like, people kind of actually, like, maybe noticing me. You know what I mean? Um, because before, the year before that, I did six guest stars, but, like, nobody noticed or cared so they were good for the resume but not for not for the attention of hollywood yeah exactly right and so they're like oh okay so never mind she's whatever bye um so that was really exciting um yeah i think it's a little bit more has been really helpful um i yeah yeah you got it right well, it's a it's a really exciting time for you. I mean, the week that this episode comes out, you're going to have a, a show that you're a series regular on, Stargirl, premiere in the CW. And I just, you know, I mean, it, we're recording this a week before that happens. How are you feeling? Oh, I 
you know what? I'm feeling ready. Like I just feel so ready. Um, just because I think, you know, a lot of what people don't see, I mean, you guys know because you guys are my friends, but we booked, I booked that series back in 2018. So it's been two years. So we're just like ready for people to see it. Um, we wrapped shooting it, I think like almost eight months ago now. So it's been a, just a really long time um, that most people who are on series usually just doesn't take this long, but it is mm -hmm. taking this long. But I have just been telling myself that like good things are worth the wait. Good things are worth the wait. Good things are worth the wait. So I'm really just really hoping that that is my reality and I hope people love the show. Well, good things are worth the wait and you put the work in just in Hollywood too in the past years of your life. I mean, you have worked your butt off to get to the point that you are now. And you didn't come here with like connections that were helping you out, right? You didn't come here with right. like some family legacy Hollywood situation or a bunch of money to blow. I mean, you really worked your way. Up. Right. Yeah. I literally started from the bottom. Um, I moved here and I didn't know a single person here. I didn't have a single, I didn't have like, there was no, oh, my mom's friend's sister or my mom's old coworker's dad, like no one. I didn't have a single connection to Hollywood. I didn't know how to get an agent. I didn't know what SAG-AFTRA was. And this is only like a few years ago, right? So like, I didn't even know what the union was. I didn't even know you could get paid to do background, like just so many things that I didn't know. And um, then, yeah, I, I just kind of came here and then started telling people like, oh, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. And people were like, mm, OK, I was like, I want to be an actor. And they were like, OK. And then I randomly met this woman in a bank who was like, oh, you should try doing background. Like, you're so cute and so young. You could do like background. You can get paid for that. I was like, I can get paid? For that, she was like, yeah, it's like called being an extra. You can get paid to be an extra. I was like, you can get paid to be an extra? That blew my <laughs> mind because, you know, growing up in Bakersfield watching Disney Channel on TV, I didn't know that those people were being paid. I thought like, I don't know, really know what I thought, but you just don't think of those things, right? So when you find out like, oh, they're paid to be there, I was like, wait, that's the most amazing thing ever. So I went and signed up at Central Casting and I did background. And then was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I came <laughs> actor um, and then start. I mean, of course I was in classes. I did the whole thing. I really, really did work my way up from the bottom though. Like just a few years ago or just a couple years ago, I was literally working at Starbucks here in LA, like paying my rent off of like $10 an hour, $12 an hour. So why acting? You, you grew up in Bakersfield. I'm, you know, I imagine you, did you start in community theater? Like was acting always your calling? What, how did you get from there to here? Um, you're so good with all these questions, Grace. Uh, I, <laughs> yes, girl, I did. I, my mom put me in my first play when I was eight years old because I talked too damn much in class. So like only complaints that teachers would get, like they'd be like, Angelica's a great student. She just talks so much. My mom was <laughs> like, okay, so I have to put this girl in an outlet or something where she can talk because she just talks too much or some type of creative um, outlet, right? So my mom put me in my first play when I was eight. I loved it. Um, but then I also started all-star cheerleading at the same time and I got wrapped up in that. So I did... Um, also cheerleading all throughout, I mean, the, the rest of my childhood until I was in high school. My freshman year, I took a drawing and painting class first semester and I got a D because I was not good. I mean, I, I am a stick figure girl. I 
just am not good. Okay. And so I did that. And then my school counselor was like, okay, you can't get a D in drawing and painting. Like, this is not acceptable. It was, you cannot do this. Like we have to put you in something else. What else would you want to do? And I was like, oh, I would love to do theater. Like I did that when I was eight and I really, really loved it. And I had just seen my high school did Fiddler on the Roof. And they were incredible. My high school has a really, really great drama program. We don't have like art schools and stuff in Bakersfield because we're not like LA. It's like not like that. Everything's just like a normal school. But we had a really great program because we have a really great teacher. And um, Jennifer Rosalmi is her name. And yeah, and then I just literally grazed. That was it. I, I joined that class and I was like, yep. I just took off. I was like, this is it. I have to do this for the rest of my life. I love it. I loved acting. I just was so passionate about it. And yeah. And then when I turned 18, I was like, all right, bye. I'm moving to LA. My parents were like, what the heck is going on? What is our daughter doing with her life? Of course, did you know anyone who was like a professional actor? I mean, did you have any personal connection? Not just people who could help you out, but Mm -hmm. like, I feel like Especially when, you know, when you come from a family that that isn't the norm, when like full-time artist isn't the norm, it can feel so unattainable Yes, to get I, there. Right. Yeah, you're completely right. I did feel, it often felt very like, I am going to try to do this, but I have absolutely no idea how I'm going to do this. And because I also didn't have anyone at all to guide me. And even the people around me didn't know. So even when I was trying to like talk about things, like they didn't get it. You know what I mean? So it was really difficult. And also, um, when your family, you know, they only want the best for you, but a lot of times what people, your family doesn't realize are just people who aren't in this industry. is like, you don't just like move to LA and start working. You no, know? you don't. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You don't just say like, Oh, I'm going to go there. And I'm going to be an actor. And then you just be an actor. Like that is so extremely rare. And people will be like, well, actually I know this one girl. I'm like, but that's why you know of it because it doesn't ever happen. Like it's so rare if it actually does happen. It is just like so extremely rare. It just, you know what I mean? Um, so it was really hard. I think if anything, it was what was more difficult for me was like perseverance, like the, the, the strength or like the, the boldness and the courage to keep going into the unknown when I didn't see anything happening. Um, because then, you know, my family or my friends would be like, oh, well, you can always go back to Bakersfield and you can work that job, or you can always go back and you can do that. Or you can always go back and do that because I had those connections in my hometown, but I was just like, that's not for me. Like, I just know that that's not for me. So what was it like being on set for that first like big role that you booked for the first big guest star? Or I know you did an Amazon pilot. What was that first day like on set? That was my first, that was my first my very, very first um, job where I got to speak. I had a trailer for the first time. I mean, the works. Um, Honestly, it was really, really amazing. I look back on it now. And first of all, I'm just like astonished at how much confidence I had. Like I just truly was like, yep, this is my series. Yep. I deserve this. Yep. mm -hmm, This is it. Um, Meanwhile, literally months before that, I was working at Starbucks. I booked that series exactly 30 days from my last day at Starbucks. Wow. And I had put in my two-week notice at Starbucks and was like, I'm just going to put this two-week notice in because I can't do this job anymore. I don't know how I'm going to be an actor. I don't know how I'm going to make a living, but I can't do this. And I literally was just like, God, I just need guidance because this is – I can't do this anymore. Um, And then, yeah, right – I mean – when I put in that exact week that I put in my two-week notice was the exact week I had the first audition for Legend of Master Legend. 
So, wow. yeah. Isn't that crazy? You think about it. And then a month later, um, I booked it. And then a couple weeks later, I was on set. So it's just an interesting thing. Sometimes really taking that leap of faith, um, really just being vulnerable to yourself, to the universe and being like, all right, I'm ready for what's next. Even though- Yeah, leap in the net will appear, right? Yes, leap in the net will appear. Absolutely. And sometimes I think that's the scariest part, but literally you have to be in that place where I was at was like, uh, I have no plan B, right? Like I didn't go to, I didn't finish college. I don't have a degree. So like I only have a plan A. So this plan A has to work no matter what. I don't know how I'm going to figure it out, but we're going to figure it out. So, yeah. So I'm so curious what your life looks like when you're not on set. Like there, you know, like I think we think about actor life, especially people who are really working and you think about this like glamour or you think about, yeah, like being in your trailer and hanging out with your castmates. But I actually want to know what's your life like? What's your daily life like when you're not on set, when you're just at home in L.A.? Yeah, well, well, shit. Um <laughs> I can say it's, you're completely right, it's definitely not as glamorous or as exciting as what people think it is. I mean, I woke up today at 10 a.m., which is early for me because I didn't go to bed till like 5.30 um, because I've been staying up so late and I did have the audition, which is what I was doing right before um, we're chatting. So I had an audition, so that's why I had to get up early. Um, other than that, I promise you I would have slept until like 2. Um, and then I got up, I did an audition, I ate macaroni and cheese for breakfast and now I'm chatting with you. And then later I plan on watching the fourth Harry Potter and then probably doing a Pilates video and then cleaning, probably doing some more cleaning. I've been like trying to find like spring cleaning cause it's quarantine time. Honestly, if this wasn't quarantine, I'd probably be at your apartment. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd be hanging out with a friend or I'd probably go getting lunch or probably hiking. I'd love to hike um, or I'd probably go take a couple classes at the gym. But I feel like my lifestyle is really basic, really normal. I live very beneath my means. I mean, I'm just like as normal and basic as they come. You So you brought up your mac and cheese. Yeah. Um, and I know that you you have this food Instagram now and you you call yourself a foodie. Uh, it's one of my favorite things about you. You're so passionate about like great food and you post about it a lot. Um, thank you, by the way, for doing that. Um, <laughs> and I just I actually want to know like how how working in Hollywood has affected your relationship with food. Oh, my gosh. So much. So um, I have this. So really quick, let me give you a small backstory. So I have this like, I love food, love, 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 who have always loved food. And I used to do this thing where, um, because when I was like, when I would book something, when I stopped doing background, um, anytime I book something like a commercial or a guest star or whatever, I would go to set and eat whatever I want because, you know, craft service and then they have catering and mm-hmm. it's always amazing. So I would like treat myself, right? Well, the thing is, when you become a series regular, you're on set every day. It's your job. <laughs> it's not a one-time thing every month or so, you know? So I was acting like I was treating myself all day, every day. And then here I am back in LA 10 pounds later. And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Mm. Um, but it's fine. Um, so what I have reminded myself is, like, I gained happy weight. I've heard how, like, people gain happy weight when they're in relationships and things like that. But I have gained happy weight because I'm like, wow, I'm living my dream. And that is how I treated myself. 
Some people treat themselves to a brand new car. Some people um, may have treat themselves. One of my castmates bought a house. I mean, people treat themselves in all types of ways. I treat myself with food. Um, I go to new restaurants. I try things. I love food. I love the dining experience, which is why I think this quarantine has been so difficult for me because mm -hmm. takeout is great, but I love sitting. I love talking to my server. I love looking over the menu. I love deciding what I want. I love um, conversating with my friends about what they're going to get. I love ordering multiple things so we can all try things. I just love the experience of eating um, more than I do cooking. I do enjoy cooking. So that's what I've been, I've been doing a lot of that because I just like food. But to be honest, I prefer eating <laughs> more than cooking. Like I just want to eat it. I don't have to be the one to cook it. Um, my relationship with food has also gotten a lot healthier. Just living in LA in general, growing up, I mean, I just have a typical black family. We eat soul food every damn day, all the time. Um, it's just our culture. And so that's what we eat. And a lot of that stuff just isn't healthy. Um, I have since been working on like playing with healthier versions of it. Uh, it doesn't taste exactly the same, but a lot of stuff is really, really good also. And some stuff is even better. And other things I've literally, I have been able to trick my parents with candied yams. Okay. All I do is like some coconut oil and a little bit of brown sugar and I have completely tricked them. They don't even know. And so lots of different things like that. But yeah, my relationship with food is I'd say is pretty healthy. I'd say if anything, it's like food body. That is like my problem, you know, because now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, how many carbs are in that? How many grams of sugar are in that? Like how many? What's the sodium? What's the whatever? And like, how does that affect my body? more than what it is because like I'm never giving up fried chicken that's just what that's just not happening it's such a relief to just hear someone talk about LA and Hollywood making their relationship with food better but yeah I mean you know I, I do think that our industry is changing a lot in terms of body image and what's represented on screen but it's still not great you know it still could be a lot better and I I've, I'd like to think that our generation of actors are are trying to be better role models. I mean, did you grow up seeing a bunch of skinny actresses? Did that affect your dreams? Did like, uh, you know, what are you, do you want to be a role model in this way? Um, I never really thought of myself as a role model when it comes to body image. Um, because I mean, I feel like I'm pretty average. I'm not like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I would like bigger boobs, but <laughs> You know, it is what it is. And um, I never, so I never thought of, thought of it in, excuse me, in that way. But I did grow up watching Raven, obviously, and that's so Raven. Mm -hmm. And I was always inspired by her. Like, she was never this, like, super skinny girl on Disney Channel like the rest of them. So I think because that was, that series in particular was a huge part of my childhood growing up that I never thought, like, oh, I can't book this role if I'm not this size or if I'm not skinny enough or I'm not big enough. For me, it's how comfortable I feel on camera. So like naturally, I feel more comfortable on camera, probably a little about 10 pounds lighter than I am right now. But I'm not worried about it because we are in quarantine, okay? And weight can be lost and we can worry about that later. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I'm just like enjoying myself, enjoying my time off, enjoying, um, enjoying life. And for me, food is a part of life. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I have had some amazing talks here at my place, at parties, whatever, about – I mean, you grew up in Great Bakersfield. I grew up in Philly, and we've had a lot of talks about activism. And 
you know, I think that you and I share a perspective of like coming from the places we come from, you just sort of understand the world in a certain way. You understand that like what power imbalances are there, what injustices are there because you've lived through it or you've just seen it with your own eyes or it's it's a different perspective than some of our peers who either grew up in LA or grew up in middle America and just don't have the the experiences that we have. And I, I, I do, I've noticed that it seems like, you know, activism is actually a really important part of your platform and your, your art life. And um, I'm wondering if you've, if you've thought about that intentionally about integrating activism into your brand, into your work, or if that's just who you are and you haven't even done that with intention. Yeah, I I think it is definitely just who I am. I, I I've never really thought of it with intention. I've spoken to other actors who will say things like, "Oh, I just I don't know if I can post that or if I would say anything like that because I don't want to get backlash or I don't want anyone to be upset about my beliefs and this and that and um you know because maybe I'm not on the same side or whatever." And, you know, when it comes to justice and when it comes to just equal rights as a humanitarian or however you want to, an activist, however you want to consider yourself, there really is only one right side. Like, yeah. there is not, there is no, it is right and it is wrong, period. There's no gray area. Like, either you respect other people as human beings and you believe that all human beings should have equal rights or you don't, period. Um, and I just don't have like sympathy for those things. And so I think I just get fed up. So I just started posting about my things, particularly I use my Instagram story for most of that. Um, and I keep people, I try to keep people updated. I will post things that happen locally as far as like just California also, um, within our country and also globally. Um, but that's just because I have just gotten really inspired and I just feel the need that like people need to be seeing what is happening because I feel like I need to be seeing what's happening and also keeping in the know because the only reason people keep making the same damn mistakes is because they're ignorant to the last mistake. So if we are paying attention and not allowing, you know, our government and our history to continue to repeat itself with like ridiculous like genocides and things like that and wars and all these other things, then um, I think we can make change. And also, I do just believe that it is the people who are in power. Um, I do believe that when we band together, we are absolutely stronger together. We make history when we stand together. That's just facts. And so I just would love to see more people speak out about those things and issues, whether they have to do with race or gender, um, religious freedoms, just all the things, you know, I, I'm passionate about all of them. Obviously, you we can't do it all and we can't save everyone, but I do think the least we can do is raise our voice. Hmm. I love that. Well, and 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 speaking of beliefs, um, you brought this up a little bit just by talking about the faith that it took in leaving your job at Starbucks. Um, I know you're a big fan of Rhonda Byrne's book, The Magic, and that, that's sort of like your handout to everyone book. Can you tell me a little bit about your gratitude practice? For people who don't know, that book is by the author of The Secret, and it's all about gratitude, and it's like a 30-day challenge, basically, a 30-day gratitude practice challenge. Do you still have a gratitude practice? Do you share it with anyone? I'd love to learn more about this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I... 
Um, thank you for saying that. That is my all-time favorite book. It has changed my life 100,000%. Um, it has brought me on like a spiritual path, a spiritual path, and um, my faith has completely grown from that. I love, love, love that book. Uh, yeah, so my gratitude practices, I, I don't do anything completely like specifically every like I don't keep a gratitude journal that I do every single day like I really love the idea of that but I am not a writer I have like a little gratitude journal app on my phone and I use that pretty much whenever I think about it whenever I think about it I go through and I write stuff but I'm a talker as we say so um I talk out the things I'm grateful for and it's usually in my prayers um when I'm just like thanking God every night for everything. I mean, literally for like my vision to my carpet, to my mom, to my mac and cheese I had. I mean, just everything. Um, always being grateful. Um, when it comes to my food, I'm always, I always pray over my food, whether I'm usually say it out loud with other people or sometimes I'll just say it in my head. Um, I also do like, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, in the book, there's a practice in there where basically you, should look at a photo of someone like three times a day and say what you're grateful for out loud or in your mind while looking at that photo of them. And so I do that pretty often. Like I'll change the screensaver on my phone. Right now the screensaver is my auntie and my mom and one of my best friends, Mari. It's like a photo of all of them that I took when they were on the set of Stargirl when they came to visit me. Um, and my auntie is currently battling cancer right now. And so I am looking at that every single day, just thanking God for her healing um, and just feeling such an immense amount of gratitude for her and for her healing. And so I just do things like that because for me, it's all about feeling like I know some people for them writing it down really, really helps them. For me, it's all about feeling. I feel like people manifest things in their own way. I don't think there's really one way to manifest, but for me, manifesting is like how it makes me feel. Like how will I feel, you know, the day she'll call me and say, I'm in remission, right? Like I'm imagining that. It's more like mm. a visualization practice. Um, and then I feel that gratitude and that's kind of what I do. And that's what works for me just personally. And I also think that works as far as like how I manifest, but I also think how I manifest has changed over the years. You know, how I feel like I used to manifest things three or four years ago is not exactly how it is now. So it just changes. So how does faith and spirituality affect your art life? How, how do you bring those things into your acting, into your creating process? Yeah, that's such an in-depth question. I don't even know if I've really thought of it like that. Um, I definitely can say like my faith definitely keeps me probably like really grounded um, for sure. I definitely think it keeps me grounded. And I think just because character to me is more important than anything. Mm -hmm. um, I just believe integrity is everything. How you treat one person, you know, is how you should treat everyone. Um, and so I think when I just see everyone as equals, um, that comes from my faith. I just believe God created everyone equal. I don't think there's anyone above anyone. You know, sometimes I question myself with Beyonce. I'm like, do you though? I feel like I have a little bit of like favoritism with her, but I like to try to tell myself she's just like us, you know? Um, she probably had mac and cheese for breakfast too. I don't know. But I definitely, um, uh, I, 
I think when, if I think about like my faith and stuff, it, it's probably more so of like the things I think I wouldn't do versus like what are the things I do do just because I am pretty open to like everything unless it's like really demonic um, as far as my acting goes, as far as like my work goes. And I know I've auditioned for a few things where I literally straight up told my team like, so I'm going to audition for this, but like, I would never do this just, just so you know, because this is just too much. Um, and that's just for me personally. And it really doesn't have anything to do with, um, the people involved in the project. Like, and, and that's just for anyone, you know, some people will be like, Oh, I don't want to do that because it doesn't pay enough. Or I don't want to do that because it's not on a huge enough network or whatever. But for me, again, it's back to how it makes me feel right. So like, can I sleep well at night? knowing that this is what I'm working on or this is how I'm making my money. Growing up, my parents used to always say, not all money is good money. Oh, and I, I love that. Oh my gosh. That's such an yeah. important lesson. That is good mm -hmm. parenting. Yes. Like not all money is good money. And so I think when I really, I don't think I really realized that until you get older, right? Until you have to pay your rent. And then you're like, cause you first, you're like, all money is great. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> money is money. Um, but then it's like, yeah, but did you feel like, how did that make you feel to get that money? Do you know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, not all good money. I mean, not all money is good money. And so I have to remind myself of that. It doesn't really matter how much the project's paying or, or what it is, or even who's in it. If I can't sleep well at night, if I can't look in the mirror at myself and be like proud of the work I did, or honestly, a huge thing for me. Um, and this might go to spirituality as well, as far as like me just or maybe it's just my character, but, um, I just won't do anything that like, I feel like I would be ashamed if my nieces and nephews saw it or my future kids saw it, you know, like, would I be ashamed if like in 10 years when my nieces and nephews are old enough to watch this, would I be ashamed that I did that? Mm. And if the answer is yes, then I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? So you just have to put things in a lot of perspective, but I really put a lot of my faith and hope in God, especially like Ooh, those leaps of faith, girl, the let the nets do appear, but I mean, they are some scary leaps. And you yeah. know what? There's a few times the net didn't appear, right? There mm -hmm. were a few times where like, no, bitch, you weren't overdrafting because you were doing too much. You should have yeah. kept your job. Like, you know, there are some times where that just didn't work out. And then you learn from those lessons. And nine times out of 10, though, I just take another leap because I'm crazy like that. But yeah, I'm always just like, it's okay. God got me. God got me. Even if I don't have any money, like we can figure it out. And so, yeah, I just, I, I totally to believe that. And I totally believe that sometimes the lesson is that you're not doing the right work or, you know, the, sometimes mm -hmm. the lesson is that you have to re realign with something else. I just, I just uh, ended a contract with a, with a like media company because I really didn't approve of their business practices. And I was like, Ooh. you know, I took this leap of faith and it, but it was an experiment. And just right. because I don't want to do it doesn't mean the experiment failed. It just means I got the information that I needed, which is like, this isn't right for me. And I learned something. So yeah, yeah sometimes you you leap and you're like, that was not the right direction. Or, right. <laughs> you know, or the net doesn't appear. And the lesson, like you said, is that you're doing too much. Or you're spread too thin. And those are so important too. Right. Those lessons are so important Yes, absolutely. Too. 
Yes. And I know a lot of people say like, oh, there's no such thing as a failure. Or there's no whatever. And in some, and I think in, in the big picture, that is absolutely correct. Because in the moments where you're like, no, this was definitely a fail. Um, <laughs> it's, still what, it's still what you learned and what you gained from that. Right. So mm-hmm. even like those experiences that, that I've had in acting where like I didn't book those things or whatever I did book didn't work out or I got cut out of things like all those things that completely just suck. Um, I tried to think like, what is positive from that? And sometimes you really just can't find anything too positive of it, except for the fact that I'm like, now I know that I actually love what I do. And if that's all I got from it, then, Hey, that's all I got from it. Mm. Um, cause I definitely was cut out of my first film that my first thing that I had booked. Um, I think that was actually, that was before I booked Legend of Master Legend, actually. And I flew to Atlanta, flew myself. I was working at Starbucks at the time. And I was in a Starbucks in Atlanta when I found out um, that I was cut from the film. It was honestly a traumatic experience. I think I called Keitra when I was there as well. But I literally booked this thing off of tape um, and then flew to Atlanta to shoot it. Was on my way to the fitting, stopped off at Starbucks, and my agent's assistant text me saying we're so sorry they cut you from the film while I was across the country oh my yep that's a horror story wow but it's so important to share things like this because people on their journey like listening to this interview you know they have these ups and downs and then you feel like you're the only one who's ever been through this yes it was awful I cried and I cried and I cried for hours and hours I had the worst headache after that it was honestly like it sounds like it felt at the time very traumatic. And I think to certain moments, there is a little PTSD because now I look back and I'm like, whoo, like anytime I book something, I don't believe it till I'm on set signing a contract now, right? Because of that experience, I'm like, okay, cool. So I booked it, but like, did I really? And then because I've been cut out of so many things that I have booked, I won't believe it till I see it. Am I in the movie? I don't know. I might not be. (laughs) I don't know. I don't trust it. I got to see it first. I don't know, you know? Um, But I think what, it, I did learn from that, which is easy to say now because for literally like a couple years after, I was like, there was nothing positive from that experience. Sometimes things are just shitty. And the answer mm. is sometimes things actually are just shitty. But what I did, what I can see now is what I did that exact night. I went home, I made a pros and cons list of me quitting acting and staying act, staying an actor. Mm. And obviously my cons list of quitting acting was a lot longer because I basically was like, I'm just going to hate my life um, versus like pros. So the pros list was shorter. And so I was like, okay, I guess I have to keep going, even though right now this hurts so much and it feels like there's no possible way. Um, but I did. And I'm really, really grateful now that I did. I'm so grateful to like the old, the old me. I was like doing something for my future me that I knew I wanted. And so, yeah. Do you have a clear vision of projects you want to work on in the future or the kind of projects you want to make? Or are you just like excited to do everything? Oh, that's so great. I feel like I have um, a couple like ideas of things that I really want to do. But I think I'm just really excited about everything because people are like, what's your dream? And I'm like, I don't really know if it's clear because I really love what I'm doing now, like I get to be a superhero on TV. Hi, that's amazing. I'd like to do that for as long as possible. Um, but then I, I love sitcoms. I lo- I've always loved sitcoms. So I've always wanted to do like a multicam sitcom or a single camera sitcom. Like that would be really fun because I've never done anything like that. 
I've never even like guest starred. Oh, I guest starred on Young Sheldon. Okay. But I never guest on like a multicam. To me, that would just be so fun. Um, but then I also really want to do really, really gritty drama, right? So it's just like I'm like complete on opposite sides of the spectrum. Um, I do think we all have range, but I think I'm just gonna be open to where wherever, like whatever doors open for me and wherever it leads me is where I'm going to go. And I'm just going to receive that and just receive every door that opens and wherever that leads me. And you know, if it leads me to an Oscar, great. Or if it leads (laughs) me to an Emmy, great. You know, either way, I'm happy. I won't complain about any of these things. So I'm excited. But I definitely know now I'm getting into like directing more. I think I'll start producing more. I produced one short film. And I think I might do something else soon. It's a lot of work. And um, I'm just starting to like write a few things, just kind of like get the juices flowing with other parts of me. I think for such a long time, I was like, oh, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. I can only act. And all I ever focused on was acting. And honestly, I think that worked in my favor because I, I only had one attention. I only had one, you know, my one plan A. I only had one goal. And so then I was doing that. And now I'm on a series. And now I'm doing that. But then when you're doing it, now you're like, okay, now what? right? Like our goals never stop, right? Mm -hmm. Like once you get that goal, you just have a new goal. So um, my next goal is just really to like, I want to direct more and produce more and write some things and really just get, I want to just be like a full filmmaker. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. I want to see what you create. I'm excited to, you know, see your ideas out there. And I'm glad that that's changed. You know, it's like, you can believe that, you just want to act at one point and that that can change. You can grow and, and expand beyond what you thought you were capable of at the beginning. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times we, we people put themselves in box. I know I definitely did put myself in a box where I was like, no, I'm just an actor um, and, and host, right? Because I'm like, oh, I love to host things. So I'm like, I just do that. But then I never really pursued hosting because I didn't want it. I didn't want people to not take me serious as an actor. But I mm-hmm. swear to you, the only times I feel like I really start booking acting work is when I start to say, okay, I'm going to focus on hosting. And then when <laughs> I start focusing on that is when acting stuff starts picking up. So that's always interesting. And I receive that, right? I'm just like, okay, well, so I'm going to do this because this is really fun until, you know, whatever. And then acting will start. I'll book something or whatever. I mean, literally when I was auditioning for Legend of Master Legend right after I had quit Starbucks that month of time, I had like started this like YouTube talk show with my friend that like no one will ever see. But um, we had done it. And I literally remember showing up to those auditions like for a series regular. I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I was like going to these auditions like do, 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 do. And then like leaving and being like, whatever, I have other things going on. I'm doing a YouTube talk show, like just crazy. I'm like, oh, I have a test, but it's fine because I'm doing my talk show tonight. So it's whatever. And I think that sometimes having like other things going on, don't put so much weight on it. So I just wasn't going into the audition like, oh my God, this is it. I was kind of just going in like, all right, cool. Yeah, this will be fun. I could do it. This will be awesome. And then like, if they like me, cool. If they don't, cool. Because I have a YouTube talk show going on. Right. Um, I mean, momentum like, creates momentum. You know, if you're yes. if you're creatively uh, thriving and interested in life, and you know, feeling excited about what you're making, that's going to bring you into an audition room with a much better energy than if you just feel desperate for them to pick you. Yes, one hundred percent. And um, I actually never felt more desperate until 
Um, I like to say like around that time when I quit Starbucks, that definitely felt like a rock bottom. But actually, I don't think my rock bottom, my real rock bottom came until um, it was like months before I actually booked Stargirl. There was like an eight month gap um, that I mean, I say I didn't work. I'm like, I didn't work for eight months. I mean, technically I did. I booked two commercials and like a guest star. Um, but I, but my goal was like, I want to be a series regular and I didn't book, I hadn't booked a pilot. I hadn't booked anything. Mm. And so, um, and my problem was the year before I had done all those guest stars and saved all that money, but all of that money was like slowly dwindling. Right. So I'm like, I have to work. If I don't work, like, how am I going to pay my rent? And I was just in this place, um, because there is levels, right. To like acting. And so at first you're like, okay, I am, I would love to get an agent. And then, and you're not really auditioning. And then you get an agent who's like, maybe an agent who doesn't, you don't actually audition. And you're like, okay, that sucks. But then maybe <laughs> you get an agent and you have an agent and you're auditioning all the time, which is great. And that's the place you want to be in. And that's usually when you'll start booking because, you know, you got to have numbers. You have to actually have auditions in order to book things. Um, but when you're in that space of auditioning all the time and not booking, there, that is the area of like, okay, I have an agent. I'm auditioning all the time. I'm just not booking. And that's where I was at. Um, and I know I, now I know like every actor goes through that, um, a place where they're auditioning, 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 and not really booking anything, or it's like very occasional. It's like, like exactly what I said, like a couple commercials or, um, I did that one guest star and it was great, but you know how, like you've already done it before. So now that you've done that before, you're like ready for the next big thing, you know? So in your head, it's like, okay, that doesn't count. I think that's where my rock bottom came because I came back to the place where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to work back at Starbucks again. Like I'm going to have to go back and get a job. But I was auditioning damn near every day. So it felt like I didn't have time to actually have a regular job because I was auditioning. Mm. But we don't get paid to audition, no, right? So you can audition all day, every day where auditioning became my full-time job. It actually, it was my full-time job. And I completely looked at it like that. Like mm -hmm. I looked at it as like, okay, I have to go home and I have to study my lines. This is my work. This is the time that I'm putting in to prepare these auditions, to rehearse them, show up at your apartment, run it with Katra. I mean, that to me was work. And then, you know, and then you book the job. So I always say auditioning is your job until you book a job. And then mm -hmm. that becomes your job. Um, but I think we have to look at auditions that way. Um, like that's our job. It just is what it is. But it's really difficult to do when you're not financially stable. Um, that definitely felt like a rock bottom before that. Well, then you booked Stargirl and you're a series regular on it. And the week that this comes out, like like the show will be premiering. It's all perfect timing. Um, can you can you tell us how working on that show, working as a series regular on Stargirl made you grow as an artist? Oh, my gosh. So much. So, so much. As far as just my um, experience as being an actor. It's my first time being a series regular on a, on a series that's picked up. I've been a series regular before on a pilot, but never for um, an actual series where I got to like shoot an entire season of something. So I have one season under my belt that feels really, really good and really, really exciting. Um, as an artist, I think I've just learned a lot as far as like how, um, I mean, I've already known how to be on set because I've worked on sets for so long, but I think just kind of like who the actor I want to be, you know, I remember when I first moved here and I did background, 
on the my very first time on set and I thought it was so cool. I remember seeing like a couple of the actors and they were like really nice to everyone around them. And then I saw a couple of the other actors who were just like snooty and kind of rude and acted like other people didn't exist. Mm. And I remember I would always be, I would always make a note in my head and be like, okay, that's the actor I want to be like. That's the actor I don't want to be like, mm-hmm. you know? So really just now that I'm like, okay, now I'm actually here. I actually can implement those things. And um, who do I want to be on set? How do I want to treat people when I'm on set? What kind of lasting impression do I want to have on set? Also, what kind of work ethic do I want to be? Um, or at work ethic do I want to have? I want to be the type of actor who shows up prepared, shows up on time, that people enjoy working with, period. That's who I want to be. And, and I believe that that's just who I am as a person. I'm actually more late in my real life. Like, I'm usually <laughs> never on time. But as far as like, you know, on set as an artist, um, that challenge was really, really nice. And we filmed for seven months where I feel like most series is usually like two or three. Mm-hmm. So we also had a lot of downtime. So I got to explore, okay, who am I as a series regular when I'm not on set all day, right? And what do I want to do? What kind of life do I want to build for myself that isn't just surrounded by entertainment industry? Um, mm-hmm. And I really got to dig deep and like do a lot of self-growth as well. And yeah, I think it only helps creativity when you have more life experience. Yeah. Well, that's what we're all about on this show. We're all about process over product and making your full life um, something yeah. you're proud of and something creative, not just the product of the, you know, the, the piece of art that you create. It's about more than that. And it's about integrating mm-hmm. your faith and beliefs into everything that you do. Yeah. So absolutely. we always end the show by asking each other what is the art life so i'm gonna go ahead and ask you that because i'd love to hear your answer so angelica washington what is the art life gosh i knew i knew you're gonna ask me this too i knew i didn't i didn't prepare i was like i'm just gonna like say what comes to me first and honestly what is coming to me first i'm like is that what i want to say do i want to say that um, yeah, but I think I do. Okay. So for me, I think the art life is just living your truth. And mm. I feel like that sounds so cliche, but it's but a cliche because it's true. It is. I think when you live your truth, everything is, everything works out for you the way it's supposed to. I think the moment we all like say who we are, accept who we are, and decide to love ourselves the way we are, because I do think that's a, that can also be a decision. It's a growth that we can come to, come to love ourselves. But I also think there's a moment sometimes where we're like, I'm deciding to love myself. That's a choice. And that's what I'm making. And I'm going to be kind to myself today. And I am going to eat this mac and cheese and I'm not going to be mean to myself. And it is what it is. And I'm going to enjoy it. Um, I do think that we have that choice and that power over ourselves. Um, and I think being the art life as being living your truth, even just as far as like, whatever this person's sexuality is, right? Mm -hmm. The moment we say like, I've seen it for so many of my friends, I love I consider myself an ally of the LGBTQ community. And I've just seen so many like the moment they start living their truth is when they just start thriving, right? And things fall in their laps. And it's just like the world opens up for them. Um, And it's not always like that for everybody. I'm completely aware of that. Um, but I do think that the moment we just start to embrace who we are and not shying away from that, I feel like I, I really wanted to be shy for a long time. 
like, why did I want to do that? I don't know. But I was like, shy people are cool. So I would like be quiet and I wouldn't talk and I would like sit in the corner and like try to be shy. That shit doesn't work. <laughs> I am in Washington. I'm a talker. I love it. And talking is what gave me my passion for acting. Mm. So, and that is what my mom recognized in me. And that's why she put me in that play when I was eight years old. Um, so there's no reason anyone should shy away from who they are because the moment we start to live our truth of who we really are, that's when the things start to work out. What a wonderful thing for everyone to take away from this episode. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited also. I have to just tell you because my co-host, Sandra, she loves your work. She's like so excited that I know you. She saw Tall Girl when it came out last year and she like she specifically like noticed you and loved you and your fashion in it. And she was so glad that we got to have you on the show. So thank you so much for being here and just sharing your your beliefs. Thank you. Tell her I said thank you. That is so awesome. She'll be so so excited to hear it. Oh my gosh, I, that's so amazing. Um, thank you. Tell her I said thank you. I'm just so happy when people watch the things I've actually done. I'm like, yes, I talked in that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Grace. This was so much fun. You are such a great host. Thank you. And I really am so excited for you and everything that you're doing. This is just so badass and I'm so proud of you and just so excited. I can't wait to hug you soon. <laughs> gosh I can't wait you have no idea I cannot wait I'm looking so forward to it all right well until then I look forward to sharing this with our audience and I look forward to watching star girl thank you so much star girl cw may 19th holla at me so grace what is the art life the art life is leaps of faith I feel like I love to get into the grit of things, you know, I always just want to get into the into the deep and I was so inspired by just how Angelica is able to bring so much positivity into every story that she tells. When whether she's talking about gratitude practices or talking about like those those moments that she was written out of something or was in Atlanta and, you know, there for a shoot and told she was written out of something. Like she shared these vulnerable moments in such an uplifting, inspiring, positive way. And she just inspired me so much to, to you know, have more gratitude and, and just to take those bold leaps of faith because they really do pay off. So I'm, for me today, the art life is leaps of faith. So that was one of the things that I wrote down about your conversation as well and something that was really inspiring to me and a good reminder was how we talk about process on this show and what you and Angelica illuminated for me was the process of just going job to job as an actor and that being the nature of the work and how it's there is an art to going through that process before you even get to the art of acting. So it was really cool to hear Angelica's perspective on that and how she keeps going through all of that with this combination of grit and positivity, as you said. So 
Yeah, that was wonderful. I'm so glad that we had her on too because you and I had joked like, oh my gosh, we haven't actually had an actor on yet. And I share my weekly updates on the show about gig, you know, going gig to gig or certain auditions or meetings, but it was great to have someone whose career is at such a high point right now and who also was was you know she's just so charming this that thing where she said well my daily life is kind of being basic like she was just like (laughs) I go to Pilates like I eat good food I you know rehearse with my friends like I I loved that part of her story too where it's like yeah you're going gig to gig you you book a commercial and you don't do any other work for eight months there's so much that people might not realize about actor life and I was just so excited to get into into sharing about that Sandra, what is the art life? The art life is character. I love this word, and Angelica brought it up a few times, and I thought she was going to get into talking about characters that she's played on TV, but actually she was talking about her own moral character and the person that she wants to be, and I love this combination of the two and how um, you have to be happy with who you are before you can do anything else on top of that. This is the main principle that I keep circling back to with my work at heroin training. And so uh, hearing her talk about it was just like, yes, that's it. Yeah, I always feel like it's so important that um, I always, you know, especially people entering Hollywood, I'm like, know what your no is before you get started. Uh, like know what your line is you have to have those things spelled out for yourself before you get into things because people will try to push you people will try to push your boundaries and angelica just exemplifies like a a deep understanding of her own sense of integrity like she just Mm -hmm. said that over and over how important her integrity was and i was like we just need more people like her We need more people like her in, you know, as public figures who are so in touch with their integrity. She makes it sound really fun, too. Yeah, she does. (laughs) I also love how she brought up that internal struggle about identifying as an actor versus a host and letting go of any ego around that. And it's in setting that personal boundary. by letting go of it as well. So I love that she shared that. I really hope people enjoyed this episode. I'm just so excited to watch her new show too. Like it's going to be so great. So I just, I hope people love this episode. I hope people love learning the behind the scenes. Like I feel like actor life is so mysterious to people who are in the industry and she just is such a delight to talk to. So thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you. And thank you so much to Angelica for coming on The Art Life. Before we say goodbye today, we have a little call to action where we are hosting our second campfire episode. And this is our campfire episode in the age of coronavirus. We have a question for you, the audience, and that is, how have you grown? We're going to leave it open like that, and whatever comes to mind, we want to share your stories in a campfire episode coming up soon. So please send us your stories to theartlife at heroin training.
com. That's our email and it'll be in the show notes as well. Zandra and I love doing these sort of listener episodes where people write in and tell us their stories. We read them out loud on the show. We talk about them. And Zandra, you know, you came up with this prompt. You came up with this community prompt of how have you grown during this time? And I think we all have. I think we all have something to share. And I just really look forward to listening to what our community has to offer here. Me too. We learned so much from you. Well, until next time, from my side of the world, good morning. And from my side of the world, good night. Bye. Bye. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607, or email us, theartlife at heroinetraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.